Hey, this is Turk182, and I've been asked by Kaz Media to tell you about the new book they have coming out by Devereaux Barker. Devereaux Barker had his first novel, Riot in Sector 27B, an almost true story of my life growing up in the Tarrington Projects, published at age 17. Riot in Sector 27B tells Devereaux's real-life story from the age of 12 to 15, but is set 73 years in the future. He won the Epoch Award for Best New Science Fiction Writer in 2017, and now he's back with his second book, Electric Life Eternal a fictional tale set in a world that comes dangerously close to being our own. In it, enforcement prosecutor Torrent Tory Jenkins' new case is one he can't close and he can't give away either. Camilla Isaac, a 33-year-old warehouse account manager from Ohio, has been arrested for a series of gruesome murders where the victims were skinned alive and electrocuted. Seven women and 11 men butchered in the name of God Genos. The evidence linking Camilla to the murders is irrefutable, but Tory knows something about Camilla that no one else at the department does. He knows the origin and secret truth of the two metallic-looking tattoos on the insides of each of her wrists. Tattoos just like the ones he has. Symbols of the members of the Electric Life Eternal cult. The Electric Life Eternal believe the human body is a hollow vessel, and eternal life lies in the digital realm. With their minds and bodies wired to microdrives, the members of the ELE can transfer their consciousness to one another. In order to save Camille's life and find the real killer, Tori has to expose a seemingly benign cult and show the world who they really are, but to do so means he has to expose himself and his past. Electric Life Eternal, the new book by Devereaux Barker, published by Kaz Media. Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey everyone, I'm Comey. Hey everybody. And welcome to Our Moms Think We're Funny. No, am, I, am I still part what? of this? Yeah, aren't you? What's wrong? Uh, nothing, man. Just, you know, just then you do your thing, man. I, okay, I did just my then, thing. Then you run your show, man. It's your show. I mean, you're, you're part of it, too. I'm just, I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut. Got a special guest with us today. I'm Wallcrawler. I'm Wallcrawler 1. <laughs> I was waiting for him because it's his show. I was yeah, waiting for him to ch chime in. Apparently he he's to... in a mood, so I guess oh, no, it's no, just no. going to be the Acomian Wallcrawler show. I thought Featuring you were doing that thing where every time Acomian I was talking, you were going to cut me off like as a joke. That's why I was like, okay. What kind of person do you think I am? Oh, I know exactly what kind of person you are. We have done three seasons of like what kind of person you are. <laughs> I have standards on this podcast. I'm going to let you give your introduction. Are you sure now? Yeah. You want me to say it? You want to say it? Let me see who I am? Yeah, definitely. All right. So, my name is Turk182. Okay. There, you see, I bet you feel like a real jackass now. <laughs> no, no. I felt like a jackass yesterday. <laughs> Throwing out all these based accusations against me. They're not based. They're totally founded. <laughs> Sure, yeah. Because <laughs> you've never heard me before. No, not you. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I have been nothing but the picture of a professional for three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> you have the scream of the picture of a professional. <laughs> me fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> right, so what are we doing right now, man? Hey, we're talking about Watchmen. We're doing this awesome, epic crossover of... Uh, our moms think we're funny and in the gutters. And uh, on both of these shows, we're talking about everybody's favorite graphic novel, or one of them, Watchmen. 
Oh, I was about to say Dark Knight. Oh. <laughs> Bone. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, we're talking about Watchmen. And so we did an episode um, where we talked about Comedian. Yeah. And okay. now we're going to talk about... Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. We're watching License to Drive, and this <laughs> is kind of rapey. Yeah. Back here. It's like, it really is. <laughs> Again, this is the 80s, man. You get away with that shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that uh, the SNL sketch where uh, they were talking about the politician who had his picture taken in blackface at a Halloween party. And they were like, no, no, it's fine. It was in the 80s when it was funny and cool. <laughs> he was like, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't okay even in the 80s. No. Okay, who, who else has had their picture taken in blackface and nobody raises their hands? He's like, in the 80s, and they all raise their hands. He's like, oh my God, people. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I think we're talking about Silk Spectre, right? Silk Spectre. Two. Two. Two? Yeah, Silk Spectre 2. Yeah, Silk Spectre 2. The sequel. Um, or as Rorschach called her once, Miss Jupiter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she did not like that. No. Um, which, uh, maybe, maybe it's worth talking about that. Oh, by the way, everybody, this is going to be extremely spoiler heavy. I, I want to preface, preface each of our chapters on that, that this is extremely spoiler heavy. So if you have not read Watchmen or watched the movie or whatever, just stop what you're doing and do it because why, why are you listening to a podcast like a big dummy when you haven't read Watchmen yet? So <laughs> mother and I are very disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... At this point, it's, I mean, even in the cover of the, the trades that we're looking at here, this is winner of the Hugo Award. I mean, you don't see a lot of comic books or, or, uh, graphic novels that win Hugo Awards. You know, that's, that's just not something you normally see. Um, did it win it, an Eisner? I don't, I don't even know the awards that it did. It win an Eisner? I don't know if it won Eisner. I wouldn't be surprised if it won yeah, Eisner. I mean, it's probably won an Eisner since it got printed. <laughs> and the Eagle Award, that's the only other one I know. The Ego Award? Eagle. Oh, I was going to say, Alan Moore won that ball by himself. <laughs> yeah, there were, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ones that are, like, specific to, like, writing or art specifically. Like, there's the Inkwell Award, there's the Kurtzman Award. Um, Ignatz. The Ignatz. Yeah, the Ignatz is, like, specifically for indie books, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, there's, there's tons out there. But, were um, they, were they there, like, in 86? I really don't know. Yeah, that's when some did they of them, yeah, some of them were, I guess. Well, yeah, I know a few of them were, but yeah, the Eisners have always been the big ones because they're like the Oscars of comics. Yeah, and uh, and this book is even it even makes it on uh, on like top ten like book list or or top ten entertainment list from you know places like Entertainment Weekly and like you know, <clears throat> Newsweek back when they were existed and all that kind of stuff. It was like the Watchmen is normally in the top ten or top twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Um, I'd, I'd say it's one of the greatest graphic novels of all time. Um, I, I think if if the three of us were to compose a top ten list of our major graphic novels, then I think we would all have it up there in the top ten. Oh yeah, most definitely. So um, I tell you when I when I read it, because um, you you've seen my original, my yeah. hardback. Yeah. Oh shit! Who did? I, who was it? I got to. No, I didn't get somebody. So I was telling somebody about it. And I told them, I said, I have a hardback. And they're like, you have a hardback? I didn't know they made Watchmen in hardback. I was like, mm-hmm. they made it in hardback when I got it, which is the Science Fiction Book Club. <laughs> and that's when I saw it. And I was like, oh, I like comic books. There's a comic book. And I got it. And I was not prepared for what it was at all. Where, yeah. where, where is it? My original? Yeah. Right over here on the bookshelf. 
It's uh, but it's I, I mean I've read it so many times. Really, like, the cover's coming off. Well, I mean technically the cover is off. I meant it's coming off. <laughs> it's it's off. Yeah, yeah. I like I didn't know that it was hardback that there were hardback versions until you showed me yours. Like it's it's crazy. But yeah, um I wanted to see the movie and uh Sam Logan, the creator of the Sam and Fuzzy webcomic, mm. posted on his website that he was like, Oh, the Watchmen movie's great, but I would recommend everybody to read the book before you do the movie. So I I bought myself a used copy on Amazon and just <clears throat> was completely blown away. It was so above and beyond anything I was expecting. But yeah, it it might be more worth talking about this um, on Rorschach's episode rather than Lori's episode here. But uh, since since we just referred to her as Miss Jupiter and talked about how she didn't like that, I thought it was interesting and I've never noticed it before. That is the only time Rorschach actually refers to her as Miss Jupiter. After she chews him out, he only ever refers to her as Miss Uspechik from there. <laughs> and I never caught on to that. I, I thought that, um, like, and just maybe because I don't pay as much attention while I'm reading as I should, I thought that it was always just his thing to call her Miss Jupiter because Rorschach's a freaking weirdo. Um, but yeah, like, list, like, going through it for this most recent read... It's like, yeah, after after she is like, don't ever call me that, and he only ever calls her Missy Spetschik. What's interesting is she doesn't call her, he doesn't call her Miss Osterman. Nope. Because that technically should be her name. Yeah. Are they actually fully married? Um, I thought they were. I guess so, yeah. But I guess, I guess, oh, well, from his point of view, John Osterman doesn't exist anymore. So mm. she can't be Miss Manhattan. Yeah. So she she would only have to be go back to being Miss Juspech. Uh, how do you pronounce it again? Uspechik. Uspechik. Oh, that's how the uh, the motion comment pronounces it, which it sounds plausible. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's spelled with a J, it, pronounced I mean, with a Y. Like the first time I came across it, I just was just like Juspechik. So <laughs> what do I know about it? But I always yeah. call her Blake. Like, sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, she does too in the TV show, from what I understand. Oh. Oh. Um, so yeah, so basically for those who, like, if this is the first one you're listening to, you didn't listen to our episode on The Comedian on, uh, In the Gutters, which I recommend checking that out, we had a lot of fun with that one, uh, basically we're just, like, reviewing the characters, talking about who the characters are and what makes them tick, uh, what, what makes them the way they are, why, why are they broken in the way that they are, so, (laughs) it's, it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh... It's a good time. You notice you notice that as soon as I'm not the guest and it's on me to, like, co-host the podcast, and I'm just completely off the fucking rails. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that it's interesting when uh, when you're looking at, um, just because you mentioned Rorschach there and how he talks about stuff. And I will say more for that in the Rorschach episode, but he, he starts out by calling him Miss Jupiter. But he's, um, like, he's very respectful to women. Yeah. Which you wouldn't really expect coming from him, but he is. And the fact that he even just, they even just, you know, he doesn't call her by her, by her former hero name. He doesn't call her by her first name. He calls her Miss Jupiter. And like I said, once she corrects him and then she's being kind of a jerk there, but it's at him, but partly because he broke into her facility. But again, he is Rorschach. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Rorschach is, is kind of like the Melanie of, of the Watchmen world. It's like, you know. <laughs> I mean, I may not tr- like trust Rorschach or like Rorschach, but I can always, you know, trust Rorschach to be Rorschach. Yep. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't dislike the character at all, but it's like, um, I gotta admit, like, she wasn't, um, as compelling as some of the other ones to me. So, like, that, that's yeah. why I don't have a lot to add. It's like, not that I dismiss her completely, like, she was, she was important to Dr. Manhattan, and, like, uh, she was important to, um, you know, she helped out Night Owl, you know, that whole situation. So she's definitely yeah. tough. I think she worked better, and f- to be honest, in the comic, I didn't think she was as important until I saw the movie, mm-hmm. and I got problems with the movie, but I still, I, I still think it's a lot better than I originally thought. But I, I, I saw her stronger there. I don't know for why, or like why. I guess because it was so violent, you know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah like, like the fight scenes in the movie are so well done. So when um, I saw it in the comic, it didn't read through as much as it did when I saw her there. You yeah, know? and I heard a critic say that um, Lori is primarily defined in the story for her sexuality, and I disagree yeah. with that honestly. I and, agree, I, I would agree. I would agree with you. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think no, no. I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I could see, see both sides because I, I think she could be. I think she was sexualized more. That, there's another case. I think she was sexualized in the movie mm-hmm. more than she was here. I mean, it was the oh, same thing, but you know, you know that scene with her and Lionel. Oh, yeah. Well, I was about but to say because in that in that, that it, scene, she has rocking tits, and it happens here <laughs> too. But it was more because it was more drawn out. It was just more. More it, gratuitous, I guess you'd yeah, say. Yeah, I, I could see that as a gratuitous sex scene. But, yeah. but I, I think that she is very sexualized in the book. Um, and I think that's one of the things why she is... She's not a prude, but she's very... Um, she tries to distance herself from mother. everything her mother embraced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including when her mother's like, you're going to be a hero. And oh, by the way, you've got to dress like this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't want to do that. She hated the costume. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's always critical of the costume. Says it's ridiculous. I'm curious about, you know, this. Well, no, nah, because I guess he was, he was still, he was still had some humanity left when she, still had some humanity left when she first met um, Manhattan. Yeah. Well, and, and and you know, you're talking about like childhood stuff. Since Blake was her dad, I mean, I'm sure she had father figures. But she didn't maybe necessarily have a dad. Yeah. So maybe some of those issues are coming through with Manhattan, emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. You know, she's attracted to that. And then, like, she's got to go through him before she can find Night Owl, you know, to, yeah. to the, the, the guy that really does care for her. And, just, and she's oh, got to get ready to, to believe that she's worthy of that, you know. Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I may, but that, that, that's not so much directly from the book as just real life because right. that, that's what, you know, they're damaged, you know. They don't think they deserve it. They you go for the emotionally unavailable person, and then bam, then, then you she, find the guy that really does care for you. It happens all the time. I think she talks about that on Mars with John. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure she says that you know she had issues with her stepdad, that he was this abusive bully, and that's why she always gravitated towards like overbearing, controlling yeah. men, and that's why she hooks up with Night Owl ultimately because he's not that. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't have done it at first. She's got to go through the other guy before she can get to the... Mm-hmm. She's got to get to this point with him. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to see if I can find that. I, well, I've said for, for, the, for the Night Owl episode, but I like Sally uh, a lot. Uh, I mean, Lori. I like Lori a lot. I like her so much. And I love... I love her... 
her disconnect from everybody. So, mm-hmm. you know, my thing is when we first started talking about doing this was that there are so many, like everybody's broken. Everybody in, in the Watchmen is broken. Like all the heroes are. Um, and in some way or another, and I think, I think they're all missing these, um, they're all missing some kind of a father figure or a mentor that they don't have. And they seek them out, you know, and she's a clear case of that. Mm-hmm. She's got the abusive stepfather, you know, that, uh, that she, that she, you know, says she doesn't like and can't connect with. She ends up, you know, meeting Manhattan and, and there she still doesn't, and he's emotionally like unavailable. So she doesn't have that. Uh, because even even when he still has a little bit of, of humanity left, he still is that guy that sees past, present, and future all at one moment. Yeah. So yeah. he can't stop being who he is. And as he slowly starts to slip further and further away, it's not anybody else will probably see that and run. But she doesn't. She stays there throughout the whole thing because she doesn't know what it should be. Right. Right. And and in, in she's even. In in a sense, kind of attracted to comedian because of the bad boy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, yeah, because at the because she doesn't know mm-hmm. at the crime busters meeting she says, "Hey, I thought your act in there was pretty cool." Right. So, so he knows though, right? Right. He knows, so yeah. that's why. Because that's when it's, that's when her mom pulled up. Yeah. He's like, "Can I say hi to an old friend's daughter?" Yeah. So, uh, so she she's desperately looking for like. Some kind of approval or, you know, some, someone to guide her because she doesn't, the only person she has is her mom who, when she looks back at her mom and she's like, I don't, like, everything about you, I dislike. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, even when her mom's like, she's like, oh, uh, someone sent me another one of those, uh, old Tijuana Bible. Yeah, yeah. I love, she's I love like, that. And she's like, oh, this is disgusting. She's like, ah, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's not that, it's not that bad. And I do think it's interesting her mom makes that, that line about, you know, it, like as I look back, everything looks clearer and clearer. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and I can see things. I guess for the way they were uh, now that I couldn't see then because I was in the in the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, or it could just be just the the other big thing about the book is the whole nostalgia thing that comes up so much. Mm-hmm. Even when she throws the perfume on Mars, that's what breaks the the clockwork mechanism. Is that that uh, that nostalgia like perfume? So that has a lot to do with it as well. It's like you you look back. Is it really any clearer? Is it is it better days or is it that whole nostalgia feeling like you know those were better days because I want them to be better because mm-hmm. I need something I can't just look back and say that everything was all horrible or did I just cut all the bad parts out right and just look right. at all the good stuff so and I think that Lori kind of gets caught in that mm-hmm. like not directly but indirectly yeah uh, Walker were you gonna say something. I had it, but then I lost it. I was like, I was like, uh, no, it's, um, yeah, she just, um, yeah, she, she basically like, uh, I don't think that she was just used for sexuality, but like, I mean, that, that's, that's the thing though. It's like, you say that when you got a bunch of guys around and you're the girl though, you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. You yeah. are the object of sexuality because well, I mean, unless they like each other, they're gonna, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's just the way things work. You she's, know? she's definitely sexualized in the story. I yeah. don't think there's any denying that. I just don't think that that's her defining feature. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, like, I, that, that's what frustrated me about that 
that critique was saying, oh, that's that's primarily what she's defined by. And it's like, no, that's, you know, that, there's an element of that there, but that's not it. She was probably the only thing that was tying Manhattan to you as humanity as long mm-hmm. as he lasted. I mean, I don't yeah, think if yeah, it hadn't he, been for her, she would yeah, she would have been gone, or he would have been gone before. Yeah, he, he says that even, yeah. because when she tells him that she's sleeping with Dan, mm-hmm. he's like, well, that, that was the only thing... That would have made me come back is knowing I can get you back, and now you've replaced me with him. So <laughs> now I'm staying on Mars. Yeah. Um, and like, in the, he would be endangering her too, right? In this story, because of the, because um, he could be giving her cancer, well, right? The cancer thing, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess yeah, that's yeah. never yeah. fully resolved. Yeah. Um, not till the end, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, it's what's interesting about Lori is that. Out of all the characters, she has the least control over any of her situations mm-hmm. from the word go. Because in childhood, her mother decides, I'm going to shape you in my image. You're you're going to be everything that I was so that I can basically live vicariously through you. And then from there, she's not a superhero very long before the Keen Act forces them into retirement. And then she's just living on a military base, completely controlled until John leaves, and when he leaves for Mars, they're just like, okay, well, <laughs> we don't need you, right. so just get out of here. And they, they, Pack they, your shit and go, bitch. And they, they kind of kind of treat it like a prosecutor, like, you know, like, you failed your job. You had one job, mm-hmm. which was to keep him here, and it's like, you know, like a good little wife, and you failed at that, so, you know, like, hit the bricks, chick. Yes. Uh, but I want to talk about this first, like, her first appearance here in book one, when Rorschach shows up. And... There's something interesting about this where if you if you want to talk about sexuality, so here's Dr. Manhattan, and he's all of like, see, I would say, I'm going to say she's like, I don't know, let's say five, six, okay? So she's one, two, three, four, five. So he's probably standing about 30, uh, about 30 feet tall, or like maybe 40 feet tall. Something around there, yeah. So his penis is about six feet tall. <laughs> So, so that, the reason I'm saying this is because he walks around naked all the time now. Mm-hmm. He grows as big as he wants and whatever. And, of course, he can manipulate things. So the fact that she's got this guy who's walking around 30 feet tall and has this big six-foot penis just hanging down. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. When I saw Watchmen in the theater and when he – at the end when they attack Vite's compound and he shrinks down and Manhattan starts walking towards the screen – I'm looking at like a, like a, probably a three foot penis on the screen. Yeah. And he's walking the ball swinging back and forth. I'm like, God <laughs> damn, dude. And it, but the worst part about it was, it was like a pendulum, man. That shit was hypnotic. I could not look at it. <laughs> because I'm sitting there, you know, I'm getting the perfect spot. So I'm like there, right there where I'm centered with the screen. And he's walking. It's like, like, click, yeah. clack, click, clack, click, he clack. He looks in the camera and goes, my eyes are up here. <laughs> So, but, but to have that all the time, imagine if you, if you were dating a girl, and I'll say that she's green, because I don't, that blue girls don't like attract me, right? But I think Star Trek's proven that a green chick is, is hot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And Zoe, so, uh, from, from, um, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Zoe. Uh, oh, yeah, Saldana. Yeah. Well, I was Gamora, also thinking yeah. like She-Hulk, too. Yeah. Gamora. Zane, you know. Uh, but yeah, you know, we always know that, like, uh, like, you know, green chicks are. So imagine if you had a, a green Dr. Manhattan chick, right? And, and when she's like, Oh, I got to go work on something. And all of a sudden you had these like, I don't know, like eight foot 
like tits just like hanging from it. <laughs> she just like, oh my god! <laughs> you're you're tackling several big fetishes of mine at the same time. Well, I was, so. I was gonna say there, that is a fetish, right? Like giant women. Like oh, yeah. there's, there's guys that really want that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all about death by snoo snoo. <laughs> <laughs> but but the fact that that doesn't phase her means that that's like it's like completely gone. Like that's not even a part of anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. But the, the, that's the first thing. So she's standing there, and he's working. She's standing there, and there's this, like, this big blue penis just hanging down, like, <laughs> on top of her. And, like, Rorschach comes in, very polite. And I wonder if he's polite because Dr. Manhattan or if it's just his nature. But he's like, you know, good evening, Dr. Manhattan. And then um, then he says, you know, good evening, uh, Miss Jupiter. But she's like, what are you doing here, Rorschach? He goes, uh, at this government base. He goes, I hear you're wanted by the police. Well, yes, because of the Keen Act. Mm-hmm. He didn't quit. So, of course, he's wanted by the police. You're not saying anything new. And she's angry at him already, which leads me to believe that she's already angry before he shows up mm-hmm. because of her and Dr. Manhattan. And, of course, we know there's tension going on between them. But if you look at that pose, when he shows up there, her arms are crossed. Manhattan's doing his work. And so she's already pissed off. She's yep. taken out on him, but she's already pissed off because of everything that's going on with her and Manhattan and the fact that he, like, she's not even a part of his life anymore. It was one thing when he ignored her, but she was still there. Mm-hmm. When he was, like, unavailable, she was still there. But now it's like, she's still there, and, and he doesn't, and he doesn't even notice. So, yeah. you know, just like in this, in this part right here, when she tells John, because, uh, you know, he makes a comment about Blake and you know, almost raping her mom, and she goes, John, get this creep out of here. And, and he doesn't really do anything right away. He's just like, like, and you seem to upset her. I think you should go. And it's not until Rorschach gets a couple more words and before he just teleports him out. So even then he's like, I'm not really concerned about you. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we go to the next page there, she's talking a bunch of stuff and he's just standing there like completely, you know, just like, he's like, whatever. Like I'm not, again, he's not even there. Yeah, it's like you can't really blame Lori for getting frustrated with Manhattan after a while because it's like you can you can clearly see this guy is freaking omniscient and he sees past, present, and future all simultaneously. It's like you he knows some shit, but then he never catches on to why she's upset. And it's like it seems like the only thing he doesn't understand is her. And so it's just like after he ports Rorschach out and he's just like, "Are you still upset?" It's like, well, I removed the problem. Why are you still upset? He just, he doesn't get it. There's no point where he fully comprehends Laurie until very late in the story. It's 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 a little different, but like, uh, it almost kind of reminds me of Mr. Fantastic and um, Invisible Woman. You know, like, like she's always like with his machines, you know, and right. like, she's like, pay attention to me. And he's like, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> but she's, a invi- you know, the, the right. playing on the invisible woman, you know. Mm-hmm. Like she's yeah. invisible even yeah. when she's visible. Y- yes. Yeah, that's 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 funny. I mean, not funny, but yeah, that's that's interesting. Like that whole thing. Like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, not there. I'm trying to. I'm looking at the book right now to see if it's in the book or if it's only in the movie. But it's such a great line. So I'm hoping. At least I feel it's a great line. So I'm hoping it's in the book too. But I know it from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's only in the movie when um, when he's uh, Manhattan is is talking to Laurie. Uh, and they're they're doing the thing with uh, with Vite. He's got the machine. He's putting the machine together, um, and she throws the coffee <laughs> cup at him, and it breaks. And then you know he uses Billy to put it back together, 
Yeah. And then, uh, he's talking to Vite and Vite says, uh, he's like, uh, you know, oh, don't worry, you know, after she cools off, she'll be back. And he goes, no, she won't. Cause he knows that that's it. Yeah. She's not coming back. Yeah. But he can't even show any emotion there. Like he still doesn't feel it. He's like, this is it. This is the moment that our relationship is completely dead. Mm-hmm. And he's not, and he's still not there. And that, that's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, here it is. It's when she walks in. It's, uh, Vite's not with him, but it's when she walks in, uh, after he tries to initiate a threesome with her. <laughs> and then she walks into his workroom. She's like, have you been working in here this whole time? And she throws the glass at him and it shatters. And so while one of him is saying, can we talk? The other one's reshaping the glass. Yeah. And it, it's, so that's chapter three, page five. And I think that's really interesting that, um, yeah, that they, they said the whole thing there. Um, and I wonder if Dave Gibbons knew going into this, it's like, man, you were going to draw more blue asses than you ever <laughs> thought you would in your entire career. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the Vitruvian man, you know, it's like, well, without the hair. There, there's like, actually yeah. a diagram of him like that yeah. in here somewhere. It's like the breakdown of his powers it's towards the back. Shit, where is it? You know what I think is interesting, and and there's no malice in this at all. But when Doc Manhattan tries the threesome, and he says, "You know, Lori, don't be upset. I thought you'd enjoy it." Mm-hmm. Like he, she probably did enjoy it at some point in the past. Right. That's what I was saying. Like, like maybe she did enjoy it at some time, and um, and because she does say she goes, "I know. I'm sorry. I overreacted." So it was like this is something that they apparently had done before. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, well, this'll, you know, this'll help you feel better. Yeah. This'll shut you up. Right. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> this'll shut that dumb broad up so I can get some goddamn work done for a change. Like, uh, and then, then she say something about him almost being like a battery, you know? Yeah. Like, I was like gonna a, bring yeah, that up. She's, yeah. Yeah. She says, yeah, your finger, it's like licking a flashlight battery. So apparently Lori just like licks flashlight batteries on the side. <laughs> <laughs> She's just, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know we were kink shaming. <laughs> kink shaming people is my kink, Turk. <laughs> I'm tired of you judging me for it. I'm not judging, but you're judging me, man. There's nothing wrong. Like, especially a nine volt. Holy shit. <laughs> just, I'm <laughs> picture standing in Home Depot going, <laughs> But yeah, I think. I think she gravitates towards Dan so well because, like, that's the first situation where she has a modicum of control. And it makes sense, too, because they got a history together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he and, and, like, what gets him charged is the, the adventure, you yeah. know, going out and doing the stuff again, so. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's interesting. Like, she takes the reins. She initiates things physically. She's always the one to invite him to, like, dinner and stuff. And when they start getting it on on the couch, it's like, you know, he takes his glasses off and she's like, oh, hey, I'm into you. But then she's like, oh, let's do something with your hair. It's like, it's, it's a situation where she's in control and she's never had that in her life up until then. Yeah, it's, uh, this is more of a Dan thing, but. That this scene where they're at the restaurant when they meet, you know, for the, you know, sort of after a long time. And I think they do it so well in the movie when she's like, remember the outfit I wore? It's like, it's so dreadful. He's like, oh yeah, it was, it was, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but 
<laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's it's the, <laughs> it's the way that the way that they're that that they're like he's he's like oh my goodness like this girl that I've had this thing for for so long like she's um I was gonna get a Watchmen okay yeah that um that. I had a thing for her for so long that like she's kind of like back in my life of, of sorts. Mm-hmm. Not really, but she's kind of there. And then she's, uh, she's like, you know, the Keen Act was the best thing to happen to us. And in his mind, he's like, the Keen Act was the worst thing to happen yeah. to me. And, yeah. and at, at that point, moment, when you look at the panel there, it's, uh, you, he's looking down at the, at the button and he's like, you know, we're, we're so different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, there's, there's no way I can connect with you at all. It's like, we're so different because, you know, like my life ended. The day it's uh, and yours, at least as far as you're concerned, yours started because you know you didn't have to follow your mother's rules anymore, and then you could start living. But you didn't start living. Yeah. Instead, you went with Manhattan. There is, yeah, the trivia man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, it it's kind of it's kind of interesting um, Dan's dynamic with her. It's inter- It's interesting. I, I, it's in some ways, he's kind of a simp. <laughs> you know, I... Dan is a different kind of guy. I, I don't... So, I love Manhattan. I'm just going to say, I love Manhattan. He's pretty because cool. He's got Man- that big blue dong. Manhattan <laughs> is more like me. Not because of the big blue dong. <laughs> um, I haven't had that problem since, like, <laughs> since I hit puberty. or like... <laughs> <laughs> when I discovered the band of the hand, that was not a problem at all. But uh, but no, it's because he's because he is emotionally unavailable and detached, mm-hmm. and and I, I recognize that in myself. So <laughs> it I I, I kind of I can like gravitate to him more. But then I look at someone like Dan, who is like. Here's a guy that wants more than what he has out of life. He wants to be something different, wants to be something special, and he feels powerless. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he is impotent, and he feels impotent. But when he wore the suit, he felt alive. Yeah. You know, so, and then I look at someone like Rorschach, and I'm like, yeah, but I can also, like, I can, I also kind of go towards him because, <laughs> because of how he, how he views certain things and. Because he's so his, black and white, yeah. Yeah, his, his moral stance about things. It's like. So, for a lot of years, I think I related to Rorschach more than anybody, but, uh, the older I get, the more sense the comedian makes to me. Which is terrible, and I'm not condoning, like, mowing down children in Vietnam or anything, but, like, the whole jaded, cynical, like, everything's a fucking joke, yeah. Uh, like, that's becoming. More and more apparent to me the older I get. So I think I think Rorschach still stays like on top of my list, but I do. I think comedian would be my second, and then Doctor Manhattan. I mean, I I love like just pure logic and not bringing emotion into it, and I do love that aspect of Manhattan. It's just like that's not a huge part of the way my brain works. Well, you know it is mine, unfortunately. Oh yeah, yeah. But I. No, that that's me for like so for Manhattan and then with Dan there's a I know this this whole idea of um I don't know just wanting something that I feel like I should have but I don't have hmm. and and when I have all the means of having it but I don't I think it's the thing but anyway but but um, but what's what interesting is like 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 just with 
how different, like you said, everybody sees the world. Even in this, these pages, they see stuff different, right? So they all think they know what they know, but they don't know. And then, like, like Manhattan, he's God level, and the only way to get away from the madness, he has to even he has to leave the freaking planet. Yeah, because it's it's just nonsense. Because humans suck. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you have to get the hell away. The only way, even even it's Jedi. How do you escape the Empire? You've got to become a hermit and seclude yourself from everything else because yep. you're going to get your, you're an asset. You're going to be used. And even he was being used by the government. Yep. And if you're not with us, you're against. So even he has to leave the madness to get perspective. And when you're on a planet that's by itself and you're creating all reality, and what does he do when he creates the, the palace? Just tears it down, man. Because it, it, cause well, it doesn't. That. Well, yeah. no, but, but what but, I'm but saying he, is, he lets it happen. He lets it happen yeah. because it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Because he could do it again like that. And so, what does it mean at that point? We and that's the thing. And that the thing. The rise and falls of empires. Mm-hmm. You build it up. Every castle crumbles. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say the same. It's like for Manhattan. Is like the intrinsic feel was the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. you know, it, it completely removed like all the stuff from me to where I could see things clearly. Without, you know, those pesky emotions getting in the way. <laughs> but at the same time, he, like, he misses it and he doesn't even realize he misses it. Which, I mean, maybe we should save that for for the Manhattan episode. That's, that's true. But, but yeah, like, because once the Tachyons start screwing up his his omniscience, he's just like, I'd forgotten the thrill of not knowing. <laughs> yeah, that that's a great scene. Oh, yeah. And that, that's amazing how it's like, oh, he's like... Man, I forgot how great this feels to be surprised by something. Uh, and it's the end of the world, too. All right. <laughs> Bonus. <Sweet. laughs> Dude, that, that, that's so freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. That's such a good panel. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the few times he breaks the nine-panel grid, too. And then, bam. Yeah. Yeah, he's just drawing feet. I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm looking at this. I, 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 this is a like a sound medium, not visual. Like, uh, like Basically, I'm looking at the scene where Manhattan's been down and like where Vite is. And then he's reaching through the glass, and he's breaking through, and you just see his hand and then his feet, just to, and and just that tells you how big he is. It's just it's just awesome. So here's something interesting about Lori. So you know she's still at the at the retirement home where her mom is. You know she teleports in, and they start talking, and you know mom sparks up a cigarette, and they're talking about about you know um, Edward Blake, and. Uh, I'm sorry, Lori actually sparks up a cigarette, not her, but um, she says, you know, she says, and I think this is really interesting after what we just talked about was, um, she's like, oh, hey, guess what? That guy who writes me, um, he sent me memorabilia. And she's like, you know, it's a Tijuana Bible. And she's like, oh, mother, this is gross. But if you look at it, she she flips through the entire book. Mm-hmm. So she's like denying her sexuality in a sense, probably because she hasn't had it in a while, uh, you know, uh, but, but at the same time, though, it's like she's been denying her sexuality because it was used, I don't want to say against her will, but it was like she was the one in charge of it. Right. But at the same time, she wants to take ownership of it. And I think that's also what brings her and Dan together is that when they first get ready to do it, um, because she feels sorry for him. That's why she first has sex with him and he can't do it. And then they're like, okay, we'll just, we'll just kind of like cuddle here on the couch. And at that point, she's able to take control of her sexuality because he is incapable of it. Mm-hmm. And then that allows her to be like, oh, hey, now I can finally become the woman, I guess, that I always should have been or wanted to be. Yeah. 
I mean, she she never really has a point to be able to do that because, like, she's training pretty heavily at 13. Her first real involvement as a hero was the Crime Busters meeting. Mm-hmm. And she was 16 at the time. That's when she meets Manhattan. Yep. And they get together right after that. So, like, there's there's no point where she figures out who she is until Dan comes along. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's really interesting. You know, he's already got, I mean, his girlfriend shows up with him at the, at the, at the meeting and, and he's, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, I'm going to leave you for the 16 year old. And she's like, yay, I won. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the other thing about her, about Lori is like, she also doesn't know what love is from the, like, cause she's never, she's never seen it. Yeah. She's never seen or been around people that were in love. You know, mm-hmm. she knows that her mom, and I think in some ways, like, she's mad at Eddie, but I think she also blames her mom because of, because her mom's making her do this whole, um, this whole over-sexualization piece, right? Mm-hmm. And what she doesn't like, but it's also, but it's also what she did. And I think in a way, she's kind of like angry at him because this guy almost raped you because you walked around looking like that. Right. Instead of right. being like, because he was a piece of shit, it was right. like, you know... If you hadn't been walking around looking like that, he probably wouldn't have got that thought in his head. Like, yeah, I don't well, think so, but I'm going to blame you because you're trying to do the same thing to me. It's like, almost yeah. like, are you trying to Yeah, it's like me? You're, you're not protecting me from it. And, and she sees how all these people are affected. They're already going into the superhero business mentally compromised. Mm-hmm. And then you, what usually breaks them is the superhero business. So it's just like when they had that get-together and uh, which one was it? It wasn't Dollar Bill. Was it Mothman? Who they brought out of the sanitarium. Yeah. And he's, he's like, he's fucking insane. And he's just like apologizing to everybody and he's dropping his drink. And she's like, this is what I have to look forward to. This is what I'm, this is what you're basically breaking me into doing. And then the other, the, uh, the woman that was in the Minutemen, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we know what happened to her. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and she was someone that actually did try to take control of her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so even more that she doesn't know what a good relationship looks like. Because in that, when she's, as a kid, when she's watching that argument between her mom and her stepfather, it's very clear there. And the stepfather says that, that the only reason you and I are together is that you wanted someone that was financially stable mm-hmm. that could take care of you and your kid. You don't love me. You just wanted someone that could take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. So she, so she doesn't even get to the chance to like experience that growing up and see what that looks like. Oh, this is what a relationship looks like. This is what it looks like when two people like love, you know, uh, like love each other and care for one another and support each other. Mm-hmm. Like, no, she has no idea. Uh, the, the scene like, uh, where, um, her and Night Owl that they just finished, you know, coupling mm-hmm. and like, uh, well, she's that and, the, and they're talking to each other in the ship and it's like, uh, does it feel good? She says, and he's like, Oh yes, Jesus. Yes. I feel so confident. It's like I'm on fire and all the mass killers, all the world wars in the world. They're just cases, just problems to solve. And then, and you know, they talk a little bit, but basically it's like, she goes, Hmm, insatiable home. Well, I'm open to sessions. What shall we do next? I've been thinking about that. And I feel we have certain obligations to our fraternity. I think we should spring Rorschach. And then there's a beat where it's just the ship. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, man. It's like uh, but basically like it it's 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 cool how like this this whole thing is what brings them together. That this lifestyle 
that's where they connect, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like it makes sense to them. And, like, she kind of forgot it, and he's been missing it, and it, it draws them together, and now they've got a purpose again. And um, that, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, after they're forced to retire, they're basically just society's rejects. Like, they don't serve any other purpose. Dan just languishes as, as you know, a rich boy with an inheritance, and she serves no other purpose than Manhattan's wife. And Dan doesn't even take any, like, pleasure in his money. Oh, yeah. Hell no. The <laughs> only thing he takes pleasure in is hanging out with Hollis. Mm-hmm. That's it. Which is which is his mentor father figure. Yep. Um, so, what I think is interesting when we talk about Lori, and we should, I probably should have mentioned this um, back with the previous episode with the comedian, is um, when she confronts him, and they're talking about, um, and he says, uh, uh, you spent chick. And he's like, uh, what's that? Grandmother's name? Didn't like Jupiter? And he goes, didn't take your old man's name either. Yep. So and she doesn't know yet. Right. So he's pretty much bathing her. He's, he's like, yeah, you take your father's name either. It almost insists way, you know who my father is. And you wouldn't say something like that. Like, oh, you didn't take your father's name either. Like, obviously, I didn't, but you you know who my father is. And yeah. Yeah. Like, how? How do you know unless you know his name? Right. And, and you know should, that it's not you, Spetchik. Right. And she says, you know, what's my, he goes, what's my name to you? And he goes, nothing. I, you know, you know, you're a pretty girl. I just, uh, gotta look at you and see your mom. Yeah. yeah. I never saw this before. At the end of that one scene I just I read about, like where it was, says, I think we should spring Rorschach and there's the beat. And what is like, I am brother to dragons and a companion to owls. My skin is black upon me. My bones are burned with heat. Job chapter 30, verses 29 through 30. That's kind of cool. I never saw that before. Oh, yeah. There's some wild stuff in the Book of Job. Yeah. The Book of Job isn't quite as wild as, like, the Book of Enoch or something, which is, like, super well, that's apocrypha. Yeah. You know, I think that Job kind of got the... He got kind of the, the pointy end of the stick in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a test. It was a test. Right. But, but here's the problem with that. Is in the end, everything that Job lost, he got back, what, like, tenfold? Uh, I think so, yeah. Shit, I don't want ten wives. Fuck <laughs> that! It was like, what, what'd you do to me, man? <laughs> his, his wife was the one thing that didn't die. She was just the one who was like, yeah, you probably deserve it. Just give up and die. <laughs> oh, shit. Now, now I got, like, 30 kids. I got ten <laughs> wives. And it's like... Thanks a lot, God. <laughs> Wait, I got, I got 30 jobs, too? <laughs> oh, they've got Nietzsche in here, too. Battle not with monsters, lest you become a monster. And if you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Well, Nietzsche's dead, so. he's He was syphilitic, <laughs> schizophrenic, too, so that's beside the point. Uh, but that, but it's true. It's appropriate for that because, like, you yeah. like you battle monsters. You become. I mean, that's the thing. Like, 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 what do you? You've got to become that sometimes. I mean, look, look at look, the comedian's a perfect example of that. You know, in Nietzsche's defense, though, being a schizophrenic, he never thought that he had syphilis. He thought the other guy had syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at this thing where she, where you know, Lori. Um, you're a voice in my head. I didn't come up with some guy with syphilis to make myself feel better. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so this is what's interesting is that artist. when we see Lori, like as a kid, when she gets when she's uh, awakened and they're arguing about um uh, about her, her parents are arguing about everything going on, 
And um, she sneaks down there into her mom's office and she starts looking at the costume and admiring it. So, like, the part of her as a kid, they, like, it's glamorous to her and she wants to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, once she is, she hates it. Yeah, I th- and I think that's just kind of a thing that controlling parents do, is that they take advantage of a kid's naivety. So I'm sure that what uh, what Sally Jupiter did was, at, at that tender little age, four or five or whatever, was like, you want to be a superhero like mommy? And of course, a kid's going to go, uh-huh, are you an angel? And then, then uh, yeah... And so then, once she got old enough to realize, no, I really don't want this life, well, all her mom's going to fall back on is, yeah, but you agreed to it when you were little. You were so excited about it when you were little. Right. You must be the problem here. Hey, now, remember when you couldn't actually make decisions for yourself? You said, yes, please. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Are you sure? Yeah, the jailbreak scene was so great. I do love the fight scene in the movie. Oh, yeah. It's so well. Yeah, I was looking at that, and, like, it doesn't really show that much of them doing anything, and that's what's so funny. It's like you you almost kind of blend the two together if you haven't read it in a while, and, like, mm-hmm. uh, they, they don't really show her doing too much in here, but, like, in that movie, man, it is super violent. Yeah. She's great in the movie. The game was really good, too. It was, it was fun. That that whole thing in the prison, like, you... It was it was lots of prisoners in there. Yeah, I mean, I think she's she's such she doesn't have much to do at first, but and I, and I think that part of it is when when she um when Dan's showing off his his his, his uniforms uh, his uniform and uh, and then she goes down there and she accidentally sets the place on fire. Mm-hmm. No, she's the one that tells him, "Hey, let's go out in costume and." And drive around. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I think that maybe, and maybe I just could be reading something into it now, is that she's been denying all this time that her her need to be a hero. Mm-hmm. Because that was, being a hero wasn't her choice, but what she did as a hero was her choice. Yeah, yeah. And then when she gave that up, she gave up her choice again to mm-hmm. be anybody. Can you imagine having daddy issues and now you got God issues? Because I mean, you've basically been with. I mean, he, I mean, he's basically a God, right? I well, mean, basically, if I may, our fathers were our models for God. If our fathers bailed, <laughs> yeah, that, that, tell you about God. And then we talked, and we compared it to Fight Club. You know, it's like because it's all father-based issues. I mean, it's funny. So, so in her eyes, she didn't actually like. I mean, in in reality, she did, but in her eyes, she didn't actually like like switch from her father issues to a God issue. She just elevated it or just, you know, be like, my father is God. You know, just like you, your mother can do no wrong. She's going to fix your boo-boo. She's going to cook your dinner. You know, when you have a problem, you know, you go to them and they set and they, they fix your problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you, you guys ever had a situation like this, but when you were young where it's like, oh, well, you know, I need to have like X number of cookies like for school and I forgot to tell you. <laughs> and, you know, and you wake up the next day and X number of cookies are baked and done, you know, it's like, but like... You never, you never saw them being done. You know, it's like these things were done and you just kind of think that your parents are magic. You know, it's like, you know, they had to be done some way. 
And uh, I was I was homeschooled, so anytime I tried that, they caught on pretty quick. Well, I'm just saying, too, like, yeah, I, I figured they would. Like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, your wait teacher assigned minute, what? Wait a you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's no school meeting. That's when you just lock them in a room and be like, hey, you're having a meeting with the principal right now, bye! <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's like you, you do kind of take this, 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 like, view of your parents that they are, that they can do anything. I never really thought that. I don't know why, I, but I just never thought that. I mean, they, they never did anything necessarily wrong, but I never thought they were perfect or anything. Oh, no, my, my, my mother definitely wasn't perfect. Um, and, you know, but it's like when I needed something, you know. Yeah, like, like you needed something done. It was almost like magic to you. Right. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I used to think that about my mom, but I've never really had a father figure worth two shits, so. But that's the interesting thing is like you you kind of, you, you, you just believe that they, they said that they are like, it, yeah. like you don't believe that they have like powers or anything like that. Like, like, you know, they can't fly or, or, but at the same time, no, like when they were like, when you need something, they can yeah, do it. And you, it's, you know that if you have a problem that there's going to be a solution there. Give me stuff. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just even think about something like, like Christmas day. Have you ever had that thing where you get that one gift on Christmas day that you want oh, that, yeah. you, that you never asked for? Like, it's the one thing you wanted, but you didn't ask for it. Um, and then you get that. It's like, how do they know? It's like, oh, <laughs> you know. They see you. And, and so I, I think in a way, like, she, you know, she, like, Manhattan was always this father god figure to her. Um, and she just, she just wrapped herself up in it. Well, it's, it's interesting because he has that capability, but it's like she always has to ask. You know, he can't even remember, oh, wait, you can't breathe on Mars. <laughs> Silly me. But uh, he has to ask now, but, I mean, she has to ask now, but I think initially, though, he was still a little bit of him left that she didn't. You know, Maybe? And, and then that's when it kind of, uh, I think it kind of tra- it kind of changed to where it's like you have to, you have to say this is what I need, it's what I want. But then the thing that she really wants he can't give her, which is, I want your time. Right, right. And just you. Not like two doubles of you or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that in the movie and in the book, it doesn't come across as being like a huge deal. But damn, that is so cold. Like, you're into work and it's like, my work is very important. I couldn't stop even to make love to you. Yeah. So I created dumb doubles to make love to you. But you didn't like them? Huh. Okay. Well... I would so I would go have sex with you, but my work is a little too important right now. So we can do the double thing, or I'm like, what? No, like this. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I was trying to like draw a comic while I was banging some chick, it would not go over well with her. I'd be okay. Right. <laughs> it's like stop moving. You're messing up my inking. <laughs> God, in great. Why'd you have to move? <laughs> Couldn't you just put the bunny back in the box? It's like George and Safa was trying to combine food and TV with sex. <laughs> There's just too many things at one time. There is a Ninja Sex Party song called Eating Food in the Shower, which is all about that. It's like, well, we don't have time for everything. <laughs> That's funny. If we eat in the shower, we can. Why well, don't you make your meals in the shower like Kramer? I was going to say, that they did that too. I was thinking that too. Of course, there. you guys remember IT crowd where she's like, I just can't believe you brush your teeth in the bath. He's like, why? What's wrong with that? 
I mean, if you're in the shower, I guess it's okay because you can spit right out of the drain. But if you're in the, if you're like in the tub, yeah, uh, just steeping your body like a tea bag. Yeah, and then you know. add some some toothpaste. In there. Some, some used toothpaste. It's floating around. <laughs> that's why. That's why before I take a, I take a bath, I always dip my balls in first. <laughs> like, like, <ooh. laughs> lovely, lovely. <laughs> what a lovely tea party! <laughs> oh, what a lovely tea party! <laughs> I, uh, when it comes to Lori, like she has that, that whole revelation. She really is. She's, I mean, she is what saves the world. Mm -hmm. She's what saves the world. And it's interesting. The whole thing, like if you look through there and you look at some of the scenes with, um, with, uh, uh, Blake, uh, the comedian, Mm -hmm. there are moments where he kind of tries to tell her who he is and what their connection is, but he can't. Yep. And and so it's like he, he continues to tell her or let her believe that she doesn't have a father or a father that cares about her. And then it's – and I, I wonder if he somehow struggled with the idea of like saying, oh, by the way, I'm your father. And, um, yeah, I know you're probably going to feel some way about that because like early on, your mother and I, we had an incident there. But then later on, she was like, you know, hey, if you still want it, I'm willing to give it to you. And I was like – yeah, it's like uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me think about it for a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because when uh, when Sally confronts him, she's like, "Oh, you know, I know what you did to me. It's not going to happen to my daughter." And he's just like, "Christ, what what do you think I am? Like, what kind of monster do you think I am? I may be a rapist, but I'm no child molester." God. <laughs> But maybe he kind of felt a little bad there for letting his daughter run off with the with the big blue dick guy, and he didn't say anything. I mean, he's like, hey, <laughs> he's like maybe shy. Uh, I mean, who, who can blame him? Know, she's already gone. <laughs> I, I do think the revelation when she finds out that Blake is her father, it, like from a sequential art perspective, that's so incredible because. The moment that her mind shatters is the moment that the crystal castle shatters, or the glass castle shatters. And you know, he's known this whole time. He could have told her at any time. You know, it's just another thing where it's just kind of like... Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, Manhattan is just so fatalist. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to tell her until this point on Mars, because that's how it happens. He doesn't change the future. So it is written, so it is done. Yeah. So that's, that, that's all pretty interesting. And she's just caught up in the whole thing. And then, you know, and, 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 and wrapping it up like her mom, like she kisses the photo. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten all about that. And I wonder, is it because she loved Blake? I mean, obviously she, has to, she had a fondness for him. Is it because she loved him or is it because they, he helped her produce? That, that That's what I was – I think that's it. I think he gave her – her daughter, you right. know, that, well, that's the only thing he's really, I mean, I'm sure she cared about him for the, what they did, but then, I mean, you know. The girl. Man, Manhattan's take is that, uh, is that they loved each other. Because when he's talking about the, uh, the atomic miracles or the, or whatever type of miracle, and he says, you know, it's a miracle that two people who should hate each other Don't. would love each other. And out of all the thousands of possible children, they have you. Right. So, 
Of course you hate each other, then you love each other. I don't understand. Of course not, you're a robot. (laughs) What's the deal? What's the deal with human love? (laughs) Okay, so... Oh, then, uh, yeah, the robot response wasn't to you. No, 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 it's It's like their eyes start falling out and then they melt. (laughs) No, I'm I'm just looking over this, uh, this argument that the stepdad and her mom have... Um, let's see. I shouted at him. He looked surprised. Couldn't imagine why I'd bear a grudge. See, it's different for him, and I just couldn't sustain at the anger. Which, I'm assuming that's Sally saying that. Um, God, you know, really? You need analysis. I'm serious. How would you know how a woman feels? Shit, how a man feels, for that matter. Oh, that's cheap even for you. Um, let's see, where is, where is it that she's... Okay, yeah, so, first off, he was there, right? Plus, he was gentle. You know what gentleness means in a guy like that? Even a glimmer of it? It means you reached something. It means you reached some of that magical romance and bullshit that they promise you when you're a kid. So, yeah, I mean, like, she she had to have seen something there. I don't think that it was just a purely physical attraction. Right. Yeah, he, he reached something <coughs> in her mom that, like, resonated with her of this, this is fulfilling some need. Which is, <laughs> yeah, it sure was. <laughs> some some spiritual need. Oh, okay, sorry. Some spiritual need. And I, I think that's what all the characters are looking for, is they have some some void in their soul that they desperately need filled, and they really just can't. And, you know, <laughs> for, for the comedian, it's control. For, for Really, for Lori, in a different way, it's control. For Dan, it's feeling useful in the world. For Rorschach, it's vengeance, I guess. It's... it's yeah, for just, Rorschach, it's, it's very, very different. Like, what, it, what he... It's complicated for yeah. Rorschach. <laughs> I think he just wants the world to know that... He just... He doesn't want the world to not know the truth, you know? Like, hmm. he, he wants the... the but, but then, like, the truth isn't what the world's built on. So it's just not possible. And that's why Manhattan takes him out. Like, the... the, the um. This this the monster pages where you just you flip I forgot oh, you yeah. flip man if there was ever a, a gatefold spread needed that'd be awesome to oh have yeah that poster like a fold out poster yeah instead the fold out poster we got was Shatterhawk yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you mean like me I, I, I never noticed this either man pale horse yep death I never thought about that oh shit yeah I never put that together. You know what's interesting yeah, with all this stuff with uh, with her is that when her fi- life finally comes together, when she can finally understand everything that's going on, right? It's the day the world ends. Yep. Because because they're on Mars when he's talking about that, and he's like, "Yeah, the only reason that this would happen is if like you know nuclear bombs and the world is ended." It's like I finally like things start to make sense to me now, and I get it. And it's like, oh, sorry. Yep. <laughs> this is why you can't have anything. Dan, Dan and Lori, when they're like at the end, when they decide to do it again, and, and Manhattan just standing over him, and he's just looking at him instead of being angry or any like he just smiles and just walks away. It's like it's the only time he smiles. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of beautiful because actually he just wanted her. He he's still on some level, even though he's over, he still wanted her to be happy. That that is love, man. Yeah. That's more love than like a human being probably on some level. 
I don't know if you could see the person that you used to love. I mean, depending on who they were, if you still had feelings for them and you saw them with somebody else in that position, I don't think you could smile like that. But maybe, maybe, maybe you could if you if you knew maybe, they were truly happy. Maybe Manhattan just was into voyeurism. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I, I, this. I wish I, I saw everything. Sometimes that's why he's smiling. Hair. Sometimes it's from a closet. If if it's really him, maybe there's like ten guys outside, and he just sent them to look. <laughs> <laughs> If you look when um in the first issue when she says that she's gonna go call Dan and she walks off, he's smiling that too. Oh shit, I never noticed that. Yep. Huh. Where's it? Yeah, right there. Page twenty three of chapter one. Wow, I never noticed that. So two smiles in the entire book? Because he cause he's cause he's um um yeah, because he knows what's going to happen. I guess those are moments overlap because he knows already that that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Well, I, cool. like when, um, yeah, when he's getting into his relationship with Janie, he knows at what point it's going to end, and he knows at what point it's going to begin and end with uh, with Laurie. So yeah, he he has to know at that point that. And that kind of confirms what I was asking about last uh, on in on in the gutters that Moore had to have planned every page of this out. Oh yeah, from the word go, because he had to have known about that smile. That's that's pretty whack. I mean, like, and I I mean, even the that that kiss of the picture ties it. To, I mean, that's just a perfect tie-in to the beginning. That's just. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's, it's really hard to break this apart. People that down this, I don't get that. People that down this suck. Yeah. They don't know comics. Where are we at with time, man? I know we're way over. Yeah, we're done. Uh, we're an hour and three minutes, so we're not way over. We didn't do an ad break, but, you know, this is our mom's thing for funny, so. <laughs> Which we actually need to get back into doing ad breaks for that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, she, like you said before we even started that, some of the characters aren't as well defined or don't have as detailed backstories. And I think hers isn't as detailed, but you can kind of see all the layers there for a person that is just completely missing and broken. Mm-hmm. You know, and she doesn't have like even see even we, we, we can talk about like the, the whole father figure thing, but she doesn't even have a mom. Her mom's not even present there. Her mm-hmm. mom is like, oh, I want to relive my glory years. I'm going to do that through you. You know, and and it's like, that's not right. That's. So she's so she's not even there taking care of her. Yeah. She's she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make you into another one of me for whatever reason. Yeah, to- totally, uh, totally unrelated to Lori. But you guys see the hidden smiley face when he blows up Rorschach? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's one of my favorite <laughs> ones. So much symbolism. But, but, but yeah, um, but Lori is she? I mean, she's saying she's such a big part of of it. But even, uh, I mean, she, she is like the main part. I mean, she's the main part of the story where everything comes together at the end. Mm-hmm. And she's what allows or makes Manhattan, you know, save the world. Yeah. But yeah. She's kind of the glue that holds everybody together in a lot of ways. And what I think is more interesting is that she doesn't really know that she is because you know, she, she and Dan have this thing going on. And I think it's it's so heartbreaking when you see it. When they rescue Rorschach and they go back to the Owl Cave, and um, <clears throat> and Manhattan shows up there, and she's like, "Oh, hey, Dan, um, you know, 
Uh, he just showed up here, and we're, we're gonna go away. We're gonna we're gonna talk. See if we can see if we can sort this thing out. And Dan's like, oh shit. Yeah. I just got you back, and I was like, oh, I just got you, and then I've already lost you. She's because she's so clueless that like of how he would feel about that. But like, oh, your your ex boyfriend, the guy who drives a fancy car, and <laughs> has has the like eight foot dick, and all that stuff. Like, oh, and he, you guys are gonna go talk it out. You like, versus okay. the guy she tells you not to worry about. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, one thing that was pointed out in some of the reviews I was watching that I thought was pretty cool and I'd never noticed is that Lori becomes more and more like the comedian after she finds out that he's her father. And so, like, uh, Wallcrawler, you're open to the page where she shoots at Vite. He's like, you're an asshole. That pretty much says it all. That's a comedian <laughs> response. Yeah. That's not a Silk Spectre thing. That's not a Sally Jupiter thing. That's immediately the comedian's solution is, you're an asshole. Boom, I shoot. And at the end, when she leaves from visiting her mother with Dan, she says, I don't want to wear the same costume. I want something leather to protect me, and I want to start carrying a gun. That's comedian. She starts adapting his ways. And that makes sense, because, you know... Oh, yeah. She's the next step. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I'd never noticed that before. But, yeah, we are... We are an hour and six minutes in, so I guess we should probably call it an episode. I think Turk's falling asleep. <laughs> I'm still present. I'm more present than Dr. Manhattan is. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Are you really here, or are you just creating a hologram image of yourself to pretend? You can't even take time to podcast anymore. It's four yeah, o'clock in the morning. Tell me if it tastes like a, like a battery. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I doing that. I, I didn't have any part of that. <laughs> it's not my finger. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I said, I had. Morning, we are finishing the podcast. I had nothing to it's do with this. In the morning, we are beginning the podcast. <laughs> it's eight o'clock in the morning. Okomi and Wallcrawler will be arriving here soon. <laughs> they reach up to me and say, "Can you do a podcast?" I look down and say, "No." <laughs> a living Okomi and a dead Okomi are composed of the same number of molecules. Right now, I'm recording a podcast. Uh, uh, our mom's secret funny about the Watchmen. I'm also there at the con the first day I meet a Comey. And he looks at me and asks if I draw. And then he walks away. <laughs> uh, so, she... I think that there's a... Oh, you shit. You know, one thing we haven't talked about, about Sally? Because you know, I said, you know, I think that when she was a hero... Like she, she was more in control. Mm-hmm. Lori, uh, uh, sorry, Lori. Yeah, yeah. yeah and to yeah. back that up is when she and Dan fight the knot tops in the alley. Oh yeah, yeah. And she comes alive just as much as he does. She's like, man, that was a great workout. Well, then I got it mixed up because I thought it was when they got on the outfit they tried to do it, and they it's not that. It's, it's when they do that. That's what gets them worked up. But then it's the costumes that make it. Go right. all the way. Because yeah, they yeah, separate yeah. after that. They yeah, go, they go yeah. back to their own places. Yeah. yeah, there's just that moment where you can tell they're both kind of turned on, and then it's like, okay. Right, but for someone that keeps denying it, denying it, and she puts on her costume first. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that she doesn't like, and it's like, she puts it on, and and then she she wears it, man. And even even when even when the end, when they know who they're going, well, like, she's with Manhattan, but, like, there's no, she doesn't try to really do anything to change it, like, I'm in the costume, and I don't know. It's yeah, the, the end of the book happens like real quick. Like, yeah. Once we yeah. get to this, once we get to the prison break scene, it's like bam, bam, bam. It's over. Yeah, it's very rapid fire from there. That's kind of where, it, like, I'm at that page right there. 
And it's almost like they're, uh, uh, it's kind of like, yeah. it's sexual. Like, it gets, it gets their motors running. Yeah, I mean, anytime I have trouble getting it up, I just go kick the shit out of a homeless dude. Yeah. It, well, it that always works for me. Sometimes I, I like to grab statues of them and beat them over the head with it. <laughs> well, see, old uh, heroes. I always you protect suck. You're not good anymore. I always protect myself before I do that, and I just scream bum fight. That way, if the police, <laughs> if the police find me, they, they don't think that I'm just attacking some homeless guy. Like, we're having a bum fight. <laughs> Uh, but you know, and it's, it's interesting that that's going on at the same time. Like, obviously, it's it's, it's the the symbolism there. Um, but they're being attacked by the not tops at the same time. Manhattan is being attacked by the reporters. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's like, it, but that that like you know, it reinvigorates her, even though she still tries to deny it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much it would cost to own a page of Watchmen, man. Just any page. I bet you it's just. Every page is unbelievably high. Yeah, man. That, I mean, Dave Gibbons art. Yeah, I think I'd want this one, man. Because you get at least five of them. Yeah, I think I would want the one where Rorschach dumps the hot oil on the dude. That'd be awesome. Oh no, you know what? The one it would be. Um, there's two I can think of that I would just absolutely go for. The one is where he's like putting on his outfit and he's like, you know, I wear my face and I'm no longer weak. I put on my spotless gloves so that I won't be soiled by the world. All that stuff. That's really cool. And then like the page immediately following that. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good page. But the page immediately following where he suits up and he finds the mugger going after the woman and he just like walks up behind him with the, with the yeah. garrote to just choke him out. I love that page. So it'd probably be one of those two. I think for me, the one, and it's one of the most iconic ones, or you just flip out of the one, is when they're having sex and then the nuclear bomb goes off in the background. Oh, oh yeah. And, and I oh. love that one. But the other one that, that, that I, fucker's expensive. The other one I really like is Manhattan, like the, the 40, 60 foot tall Manhattan walking through Vietnam. Yeah, that's what oh, yeah. I Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. The one I was talking about was the one where, like, you've got Vite. Manhattan and Dan and they're at the comedian's funeral kind of looking down and then the next thing they're reminiscing to when um uh they're, the mob scene with the night owl and the comedian where the the crowds like they're, they're crowd control and they're stuff thrown at them and they're on the owl ship you at least get five of them there hmm. I don't know if it's iconic but it's pretty freaking awesome it's pretty cool yeah, yeah. it's it's really cool or the scene where he shoots the Vietnamese whores pretty good. No, no, I'm talking I wouldn't want that one. <laughs> you imagine just walking into somebody's house and they <laughs> yeah. have that page framed? I mean, that's just so brutal. <laughs> it's like, dude, you okay? It's like, that's the only page I could get. <laughs> like, that the, was nice that the only too. page that was for sale? Well, no, there was there was a few others, but I mean, this this was the only one that I could get. No, I could put my hands on. Screw it! I'd like to own every page. I want. I want the page where he opens up the panel where he sees the comedian's outfit. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. That's nice. You know, I, and I, the probably one of the pages I want the most would be the hardest to get, which would be one of the covers. Oh yeah. Which which cover? I don't know, man. They're they're, they're all, all really good. You know, you know the promo yeah. art for it was good too, man. All the promo art, like you know, like with the the black and white images that they put inside the books. Yeah, before I never, it came out. I never saw any promos. Oh okay. They're beautiful, man. They they have portfolio sets that you can get, and like um they they come with it. Um, they're, one of them's the the assassination on Kennedy. Oh, nice with with the comedian. I, I'll have to show you guys. They're, yeah, they're nice. Yeah, Watchmen's great. 
That, I think that's one of the better covers. Uh, I love that yeah, one. Yeah, I really like that cover. Number two. The statue face. Alright, I guess we better wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Turk's fading. I'm starting to fade. Yeah. Um, so... I could do this all day. <laughs> different, I love Watchmen. Different character. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I could... Still applies. Yeah, my, my favorite scene in Watchmen is when Night Owl's like, How do you know that name? You, you remember that time in Watchmen when, like, Dr. Manhattan, like, you know, didn't stop comedian from shooting that bean he swore? <laughs> that, that, that was really cool. It was awesome. He's going to keep coming back to that, huh? <laughs> Go with the classics. That's the page I would get. <laughs> That one's pretty dope, too, where he jumps out of the refrigerator. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. And I love the second time where all it is is a note that says, behind you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they look on Mollock's face. Yeah, and he turns around, and he just, like, lowers the gun, because he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> There's nothing I can do here. And so I just had to get up in front of people, and I'd be like, uh, buy war bonds, because every, every war bond is like a bullet in the gun, and you're the best guy. It's just a little white lab again. My mom said it was okay. <laughs> you get this little sketch of My Dreams by Walter J. Koufax, oh, age yeah. 13. That, that's a beautiful little picture. It's like okay, a Picasso guys, we'll, nightmare. We'll, we'll do a we'll do a round of poker. Loser has to get that as a tattoo. <laughs> oh God, that'd be horrible. <laughs> well, I gotta make sure I win. But if I lose, though, if I lose, I'm gonna go all out. I'm gonna have it really big, like like like. Triple the size to put on my back. <laughs> no, you have to and, get and then, and then you like have to a, get Doctor Manhattan's nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> like like your whole entire back, yeah. life size. I, I, I'd only do that. I'd only do that. Like get on the front, and I'd have to work. I'd be like Terry Crews. Like make my muscles bounce. It looks like, like his testicles are bouncing up and down. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta get his nutsack, but it's like like on the teardrop marks where prisoners who've killed people have. <laughs> oh God, man. Hey. So people are like, oh yeah, he's got the teardrop tattoos. Wait a minute. Is that a nutsack? Oh. <laughs> Lord. Like, you don't know what I had to go through to get this nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're not supposed to do that on In the Gutters. What? This has just gone wrong. Yeah, this is our mom's think we're funny, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, it is. I, yeah. I forgot where I am. I, it's because we're Who bouncing. am I? What am I? I don't Unimportant things. Because we're bouncing episodes. <laughs> well, it's because we're, we're in a different room. That's why. Yeah, that, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> we normally, we normally you, when we do our podcast, we record, record in a different room. So. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. Uh, my name is your name, too. But my name is actually Turk182, and you can find me here on Our Moms Think We're Funny. And you can also find me on uh, In the Gutters, a podcast that I host with Wallcrawler1, all about comic books and comic books and comic books and comic books. We got comics and comics and comics and comics. And uh, we have all kinds of fun with that. And, of course, we'll be following up uh, some more of our Watchmen uh, character breakdowns uh, on uh, In the Gutters. And you can also find me on social media, like Twitter and Instagram, at uh, Turk182 underscore KE. And I think that's all I have to say about that. And, yeah, you can find me, Akomi, committing tax fraud in Turk's name. And laundering money. 
Well, I mean, if anything, you gotta let me launder the money. I mean, um, maybe. I think I'd be good at it. You know, I want to be a criminal genius anyway. <laughs> I want to run a criminal empire. I just don't want to like. I, the only reason I don't run a criminal empire is because for me to do that means that I have to take my time away from what I'm doing now to do that, and I don't want to. I like what I'm doing here more, you know. So I'd rather do this. But I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's on my bucket list. Okay. So, wall crawler. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm wall crawler, crawler one, and I'm a guest on. Our moms think we're funny, and I am on in the gutters with Turk, and then I'm also painting graves, um, P A Y N E on Comicsology. That's my comic, and get it there. And then um, I have a Instagram page. Um. Wall underscore crawler one, and I put pictures on there from just just stuff I do for the show, and then um, just stuff I have sketches of or old stuff, and just put pics up every once in a while. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. I wish you do more nudity though. <laughs> <laughs> you should get into furry art, man. Mm. I was talking about drawing. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, um, yeah, hey, Turk, why don't you tell everybody about the time you killed all the younglings? What? <laughs> <clears throat> like, look, it's Master Turk 182. He'll save us. <laughs> Kill all of them. They, they probably, all of them. <laughs> it probably wouldn't have been so bad if I didn't just, like, like force push them all off the off the cliff. <laughs> like, wee, wee. Are you like, are you kidding? Me? You taught those kids to fly because literally they flew for the rest of their lives. They did. So. Yeah, so I, I was like, are you an angel? Are you an angel? Are you an angel? <laughs> and none of them were, were they? <laughs> they are now. If they weren't before. <laughs> And because you haven't attained the rank of master, you can't come back as a force ghost. Ha ah, ha, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Later, everybody. That was the shittiest thing ever. You're like, it's like, ah, uh, I'm going to come back as a force ghost of, of Mannequin Skywalker. Not like a cool guy I was, but like the asshole that made everything wrong. That's who I'm going to come back as a force ghost as. <laughs> They said, you're the fullest ghost now, Anakin. And he went, yippee! <laughs> did you, did you? Now this is youngling killing! <laughs> did you hear that commercial we did? Oh, I didn't get a chance. It's been in the Dropbox and I never got to listen to it. I deleted it because I thought you'd already heard it. Oh, no, I would have commented on that. Uh, we'll play it this weekend. <laughs> it, was, it was unintentional. I was just doing like some vocal things and then... Um, he liked it and he joined in and we recorded a couple more times to try to get it right. And we were laughing through every one. Like, <laughs> yeah. every time you hear it, it's like somebody's laughing on the other side. They, they made it really hard to edit because it was hard to cut out the laughs. Wait a minute, hold on. We're, we're, we're done here, right? We're not done. Um, later, everybody. Oh, bye. <laughs> Zang, yo. All right there, folks. That was... Our moms think we're funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.